This is a podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. Chapter 1 from verse 5. The heading is The Birth of John the Baptist Foretold. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. Once, when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshippers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and delight to you. Many will rejoice because of his birth for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth. Many of the people of Israel will will he bring back to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, How can I be sure of this? I am an old man, and my wife is well on in years. The angel answered, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their proper time. Fantastic. Thank you uh, very much. We pray the Lord might bless the reading of his word. Let's, uh, let's just pray, shall we, and ask the Lord to just help us as we look into his word together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity that we've got this morning to just put time aside out of a busy week, Lord, and I pray that you would just help us to focus our hearts and our minds on what you've got to say to us through your word. Father, we thank you for it. We thank you for its truth, and we thank you, Father, for its life. And we pray this morning, Lord, that you would just bless us richly through it. And again, as we've already thought on, as we've already prayed, that if there's anybody here this morning that doesn't yet know you as Lord and Saviour, that, Father, their eyes might be opened, that your Holy Spirit might move, and, Lord, that lives might be changed. Father, that's our prayer. That's why we're here. This is what we're here for to do, to spread the word, to share the good news about our Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. So bless us this morning as we look again into your word. We ask these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. How's everybody's reading of, uh, of the Gospel of Luke going? Good, good, good. Uh, Luke 8 this morning or at some point today. 
Um, we're well into uh, Jesus' ministry now. Things are starting to kick off um, and we're starting to see what's happening. But if you remember, cast your minds back to last week, um, we started our Advent series. Um, we opened up the first door. See what I did there? Clearly you didn't. So what, what I was referring to was a, a calendar. Anybody seen those, the Advent calendar? Yeah, right? Wow, honestly. Anybody else? Anybody with me this morning? That, that's an important thing. Corrie's waving. That's nice. Oh, oh, hello. Hi. 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 You're going to be tough this morning. All right, if you don't, if you don't participate, it's going to be real tough, all right? So last week we started our first one, Advent numero uno, and today, Advent number two, we're opening our second door, if you like. We saw Isaiah prophesy about this coming Messiah, about Jesus Christ, and now we're right up to speed, if you like, in Luke chapter one um, and verse five through 25. This tells us about uh, this gentleman and lady called Elizabeth and Zachariah and their son that they're about to have. And that's where we're going to focus. Last week, as I say, we were some 700 years prior to these events, but now we are bang up to speed. And Zechariah is about his priestly business, as we've read. And the Bible tells us that they, that Elizabeth and Zechariah, were both upright. And they followed God's commands blamelessly. Just have a look at that in verse 6. It's important to note these verses. Both of them, it says, both of them were upright in the sight of the Lord, observing all the Lord's commandments and regulations blamelessly. Now, what that doesn't mean is that they were sinless. Of course, we know that's not the case. Only one was sinless. He's yet to come. His name is Jesus. Amen. But it doesn't mean also that they didn't do what God wanted them to do. Now, sure, we as Christians, we aren't perfect by any stretch of the imagination. If you know me in any shape or form, you will know that I'm not perfect. You can, you can breathe a little bit easier, all right? I like that, Alan. Alan was like, well, you know, I, I agree. So close it scares me. I'm joking. I'm joking. I felt like, now I, I got a response for that though. I got a response. This is good. We're warming. But, but what it does mean is that they followed God wholeheartedly and were faithful in living their lives for him and with him. So it means that they were faithful in doing what God had called them to do. As devout Jews, they would follow what God had told them to do, what the commandments said, and they lived in such a way as to bring glory to God. Now, my question for you this morning, and my question for me to my own heart, does that mean then that everything was perfect? Say it a little louder. No. Not one bit. It does not mean that everything was perfect. You see, what we learn from this couple is they spent every day in the same way praying for a child. Elizabeth, as it says in verse 25, again of what we've read this morning, Elizabeth felt disgrace because she was without child. And it was seen as such in these days, as though God were punishing you. Oh, you've not got any children of your own. Well, God's punishing you. Now, we know that that isn't the case. 
But rather, what we see now, though, is that even though they followed the Lord wholeheartedly, even though they were faithful, even though they served God on a day-to-day basis, it did not mean that everything was rosy and perfect. What it meant was that she was living life like the rest of us, and he was living life like the rest of us, with hurt and disappointment because church we know don't we that we live in a world that is fallen we live in a fallen world a fallen society and sin is prevalent in everything that we do my question this morning is to you is is who isn't hurting in one way or another you know if you were to turn to the person to the left or the right or in front or behind and they were open with you, you could ask them the question, what is it that disturbs you this morning? What is hurting? What upsets you when you wake up? What are the things that you are struggling with? And I guarantee that if they were open and honest with you, every single person in this room has something. Everybody. Because that's life, isn't it? And much like Elizabeth, we can harbour hurt and pain and disappointment and sometimes we can even harbor what we feel is disgrace and I would be brave enough to say that absolutely every one of us in one way or another at some point or another has been in this situation and the truth is that there are times aren't there when we just I just want to smile And you ask me if everything's all right, and I say, yeah, everything's fine. It's great. Good week? Yeah, not bad. One of my favorite sayings, that. Yeah, not bad. So it wasn't good then. Well, you've asked me twice now. (laughs) And often we find ourselves in this cycle where we're just trying desperately to smile, to put a brave face on even though inside it hurts and things don't seem to be going how we planned that they would go it doesn't stop us loving God it doesn't stop us living for God but if we're not careful and this is what I want us to be alert to if we're not careful it turns into something that it was never meant to be and it can slip from pressing on for him and it can slip into hanging on Anybody ever felt like that? I'm just clinging for dear life. Lord, I ask and nothing seems to happen. I'm praying, but now I'm old in years and there is no chance of me having a child. It's like, Lord, on and on every single day. And I am clinging on. And when that happens, we can stop enjoying And when that happens, we can stop worshipping. Oh, sure, we can sing. We can part with the words, can't we? We we, we can say them, but my heart is not in a position where it's joyful. My heart doesn't feel like it wants to sing, but because I'm in a group of people who are singing, well, I'll open my mouth and do what I feel like I have to do.
And we get into this position where our faces become sad. And the smile is almost impossible to part with. And we become downcast and disappointed. It's not intentional. Because I know we all do what we can in order to fight it. Yet if we look, our joy can sometimes dissipate. Our smile and our passion for Jesus has eroded and we do what we do for him. We come to church, we give of our treasure, we serve if we really can, but it's all become clockwork, not heart work. It's all become clockwork, not heart work. I do what I do because that's what I must do. You remember the religion and relationship that we've talked about so many times. And I know this is a tough message. The Lord gave this to me a number of days ago. And this is tough to part with because I know that these things aren't easy to even hear sometimes. And it's a family service. Trust me, it gets better. But the truth is that we become like clockwork and the heart work has gone out of it and that's not what our God has called us to is it that's not what he's called us to rather he's called us to do something so much bigger and you know I know these truths resonate with so many people and I'm praying that they're resonating with you this morning in such a way that we can start to put it into action in our lives and start the turn in order to start giving back glory to God and start the joy welling back up inside of us because if it's not for somebody else in here then it must be for another place or it must just be for me and don't think that when I preach, I don't think, Lord, I see what you're trying to do here. But if you think this is for you, then lean in. Listen. Full of heartache and disappointment, Elizabeth and Zachariah don't stop serving God. And they do not stop living their lives for him on a day-to-day -day basis. They also didn't stop pursuing for relief from their pain how do we know that they never stopped praying imagine having an audience with the angel Gabriel who says to you I have stood in the presence of God imagine that just for a moment if, if we can even allow our minds to think in that way how do you get to such a point where that happens, the miracle that is occurring right now? Let's have a look at what it says, verse 13. The angel said to them, do not be afraid, Zachariah. Listen, listen, your prayer has been heard. Your prayer has been heard. Gabriel says, God heard you, Zechariah. God heard you. He heard you, Mike. He heard you, Aubrey. Sharon, he's heard you. Charlie, he's listening and he's heard you. Corrie, he's heard every word that you've said. He's heard you. Sarah, he's heard you. Deeper, he's heard you. He has heard you. 
Don't you find that remarkable this morning? That we worship a God who hears us. He is attentive. He is listening. And in the fabric of time has put together that it just so happens that on this day, Zechariah is meant to be doing his priestly duties up in the temple. He's meant to be there. He's meant to be about what he was called to do because of his generations past, because of who he is, because of his lineage. That is who he is, where he's supposed to be at exactly the right time. And Gabriel stands before him and says, God's heard you. He has heard you. And even before you thought about praying for it, Zechariah, he'd put the plan into being. Because Isaiah has told us that there is one that will prepare a way for the coming Messiah. And his name will be John the Baptist. His name will be John. God hears us well before the words even come out of our mouth. Don't think for a second that he doesn't. He absolutely does, but his timing isn't our timing. Now, sometimes that doesn't bring us much comfort, does it? Because I'm like, Lord, I need it now. (laughs) Not tomorrow, now. Because if tomorrow comes, I'm in a mess. I need it now. And God says, look, I've heard you. My plans and my purposes are far bigger and far greater than yours. Just trust me. Just trust me. Because his timing isn't ours. And I'm sure an aging Elizabeth would back me up. And one day in glory, you'll be able to ask her if you know and love the Lord as your own personal saviour. And I'm sure that his plan isn't our plan. And I'm also certain that Elizabeth had not planned for a Nazarite child, a messenger called by God, prophesied by Isaiah. She'd never read that and put two and two together. She was like, oh, that'll be me then. That'll be John that I'll give birth to, even though I can't have children and I'm in elderly of age. Oh, that's me. She'd never connected those dots. Odd that, isn't it? Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 3 that we worship a God, church, of the immeasurably more. How can I be so sure? How can you be so confident, Matthew? Oh, because I've seen it. 300 plus prophecies before the Messiah. 300 prophecies talking about this Messiah that was to come, talking about this life that he would lead. 300 prophecies. What was it? 10 to the power of 437. The probability that these things would come true in the life of Jesus Christ. Just 300 of them. That's impressive. I remembered all that from this morning. 10 to the power of 437 was the probability that all these prophecies would come to being. Yet here we are, church, standing with the word, the complete canon of scripture in front of us. And we can see that God is the God of the immeasurably more. Paul says this in Ephesians chapter 3, and I'll just do verse 16 through 20, although I do feel like I'm cheating because if you have time to read the prayer for the Ephesians from start to finish, do it this afternoon in amongst your I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power 
through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, that's you, church, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints. Who's a saint this morning? Amen. May have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love, this agape love that surpasses knowledge, and that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more, more than all we ask or imagine according to his power, not mine, church, not yours, his power that is at work within us. And the only thing that we can do is to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. This is the God that we worship. He's the God of the immeasurably more. He's the God who's got plans and purposes for you and me far outside what we're thinking. We just have to hunker down and trust that he's got it. Do we trust him enough with our life? My prayer is that your answer this morning is yes. Then we trust him with all the bits in between, the intricacies that make up our life. Because if we don't trust him with it all, we don't trust him at all. You're hearing what I'm saying there? Am I hearing what I'm saying? Because if we don't trust him with it all, we don't trust him at all. We have to trust him with every single bit. And the prayer that comes out of our mouth every morning and every night, and you know what it is, Lord, I need this. Lord, we need this. Lord, I pray for this. That same prayer. Do not think that God is not listening because my Bible says he is. Amen? My Bible says he is listening and he is ready to do what needs to be done. We church this morning want to be spiritually alive, not just staying alive. I'm not interested in staying alive. I want to be spiritually alive. If I'm not doing what the Lord has called me to do, then Lord, call me home now. It's pointless me being here. We want to serve God wholeheartedly. We want the spark back, don't we? We want the fire back in our bellies that says, God, you've got this. I don't know what tomorrow brings, but I know that you do. So I'm going to root myself in your word. I'm going to root myself in all that you've called me to do. And I'm going to stand firm. I'm going to hold that line. And all of this can only happen if we trust that God has got it all in hand. My question this morning is, do you believe it? Do you believe it? Because if we believe it, then we start to put these things into action. Do we believe that his promises are yes and amen? Do we believe that he loves us and will never leave us? Do we believe that he has it all in hand? And if we do, then it's about time we let him know. Let's pray. Father, this morning we just lift high the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for the faith and the obedience of Zechariah and Elizabeth as they served you wholeheartedly. Father, uh, as they harbored hurt and pain, Father, we can associate with that, the difficulties of life. But we pray, Father God, that that might might not knock us off of our perch, but Father, that we would stand firm on Christ, the solid rock that we might know that you have everything in hand. Father, the plans that you have are far greater than ours. Father, you're the God of the immeasurably more than we could ever think or imagine. So, Father, we pray that we might dream big and know that you are bigger than that. 
that you are the God of the immeasurably more. Father, help us in our time of weakness and in our time of suffering and heartache and pain. Help us to just root ourselves, to cling and anchor ourselves to you. And Lord, this morning we just lift high the name of Jesus. We just worship you. We thank you for his life as he was born into this world in a lowly stable. Father, we thank you for his obedience even unto death on a cross. And that, Father, we are here this morning as saints, saved, redeemed, and set free because of that cross at Calvary. And, Father, my prayer is that lives might be changed as they understand the gospel that God has given his best for each one of us. So, Lord, as we worship together now, we pray that you will bless us For Father, we ask these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.